Hello, my lovely ones, and welcome to Mumming with Magli, the podcast for any mum who has absolutely no idea what the fuck she's doing. I'm Magli, your host, and I can confirm I have no idea what I'm doing. Join me every week as I try and tackle this parenting business, the ups and downs, and the many trials and tribulations. Other moms will also join us and share their story. Let's open up the conversation around the hardships of motherhood and all the pressure that comes with it. Hopefully, it'll make us all feel less alone in feeling lost and completely winging it. I know I am. Enjoy, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hey team, welcome to episode four, all about postpartum bodily functions. In full disclosure, it is Monday evening before the episode comes out Tuesday tomorrow morning, and I'm just recording this intro because I realized last minute that I hadn't done it. So I asked George earlier to make sure that he didn't get back from work too late because I didn't want to be doing it at 10 p.m. So he's come back and I was giving Isla her dinner and she was starting to get aggy, as they do, and I'm trying to stay calm, but inside I'm losing my fucking mind <laughs> because we're on dinner option number like, 52 or something anyway as soon as he arrived honestly I was like right see ya all yours and now he's downstairs <laughs> and I can hear her whining sorry all of a sudden I'm trying to be quiet as if he can hear me saying this I can hear her whining and I can hear him trying to stay patient and can I be honest it feels so good not to be down there might have a nap while I'm here Oh, sorry, George. Has it been that long? Oh, I didn't realise. Yeah, I just I had a technical error. Gosh, it was chaos. But it's done now. Thanks for having Isla. <laughs> Is it wrong of me that I'd actually be genuinely a little bit annoyed if she was, you know, the best girl with him and didn't cause him a little bit of stress? No, just me. Just me that's a bit bitter and angry. <laughs> Anyway, uh, before we go on with the episode, I wanted to share a little anecdote that happened over the weekend, and I can't even believe that I didn't cover this in the main episode, but fanny farts. (laughs) Is it just me, or are they so much more common post-birth? I was at a yoga class on Saturday. I was attending, not teaching, and we were in shoulder stand, and I was moving my legs, like opening them wide and then closing them again. Anyway, when I closed them... (laughs) I did the biggest fanny fart, honestly, and it wasn't like an airy fanny fart. I feel like fanny farts are normally a bit airy, but it was like (gasps) (laughs) that kind of fanny fart where it definitely could have been a bum fart. Anyway, I was so mortified. I immediately came out with a posture and I felt like I didn't feel like it could go unacknowledged. So I came out with a posture and I was like, uh, sorry. It was just so loud. I just didn't feel like I could pretend that it hadn't happened at all. No one said anything, but oh, I was so mortified. And it's so annoying because these things happen to all of us, right? And why are they so embarrassing? And I think I talk about quite a few things in the episode like this. And hopefully I feel like towards the end of the episode, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, Maggie, you're crazy. (laughs) But I feel like it should be okay to talk about these things a little bit more. Um, Oh yeah. And I had another one that I just can't believe that I didn't cover in the main episode and that is leaking whether that's a pee or poo it is so so common and if it's happened to you let me confirm you are not alone I've definitely had both of those (laughs) yes both happened to me um let me just say though as common as they are they're actually not normal and quite often they are a sign of weak pelvic floor muscles and I do talk about this in the episode a little bit so I won't talk about it now just know that it does happen to the best of us (laughs) having to carry around an extra pair of knickers or rush upstairs to the toilet after a sneeze and you're like fuck (laughs) 
I've definitely been out walking with George and I'll sneeze or something like that. And then I'm like, oh, shit. And George is like, what's wrong? <laughs> and I say, oh, just weed myself again. <laughs> it is so, so common. Uh, but yeah, a little reminder that it doesn't have to be like that at all. So if you are experiencing symptoms of leaking, I recommend that maybe going to see a postnatal physio or something like that to work on those pelvic floor muscles. Uh, Kegels are great, but I talk a little bit in the episode about how actually a lot of focus is on the contraction and we need to learn to relax. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Um, I will stop yammering on and <laughs> get back to my get back to my baby downstairs okay on with the episode hey guys right today i want to talk about postpartum bodily functions because tell me i was not the only one leaking from places i definitely didn't expect to be leaking from and experiencing sensations that i had never imagined I shared a memory on my Instagram the other day. It was a story that I had posted a couple of weeks after Isla was born and I was celebrating my first poo because, oh my goodness, the fear that my insides would fall out was so real. And someone actually sent me a DM saying how much he loved this because no one talks about postpartum poop. And you know me, I don't hide away from anything. So today we are going to be discussing all of the immediate postpartum somewhat icky first I guess that no one really shares with you but I really wish that they had because as simple as they may seem like having your first post-birth poo those things can be a really scary experience if not genuinely traumatic for some. So to set the scene because obviously everyone's experience is a little bit different so how we deal with them or how they affect us will inevitably be different. But I had a natural birth, I had an episiotomy, which for those of you that may not know, is where the midwife cuts the perineum to help widen the exit for the baby, if that makes sense. And then I actually also had a vaginal wall tear on top of that. If if I remember correctly, mine was a grade two tear or something like that, and I think it can go up to four, but anyway... I had stitches done, which (laughs) I actually remember, oh my God, it took hours because I was so, so swollen. Honestly, I remember the midwife, Hannah, she's actually George's sister, so my sister-in-law. She was our midwife. And I remember her turning to the assistant midwife, one of her friends, Abby, turning to her and being like, can you double check this? Because I think she was getting lost in my labia. Anyway, uh, five days I got checked and the swelling was decreasing and I was healing really well. But it was still really, I don't know, I had like this really uncomfortable sensation. It was just like hot and stingy and itchy and just, yeah, really, really not comfortable. And oh, actually, I did start to use this spray that someone had recommended to me called Spritz for Bits or something like that, which I have heard amazing things about. It's gosh, I'm trying to remember. I think it's made by midwives and it has essential oils in it. So I'm pretty sure it's, you know, really natural. And I do think it's a wonderful idea. You keep it in the fridge and it's a special spray to help soothe perineal soreness and bruising. However, (laughs) I will say that because I had stitches, the spray for me, I think played a little part in the infection that I ended up getting, which, oh my gosh, yeah, really gross. But I just like... Whoever thinks of preparing for an infection like in your vagina after birth. Anyway, so I was just so uncomfortable down there. It felt so tight, like 
like pulling of the skin and itchy because right let's go back a little bit most of you i'm sure will have worn those really sexy maternity pants pad things honestly they're like adult nappies and where normally if you have a wound or something on any other part of your body it's good to air it out right but what the fuck do you do when you have a wound basically like stitches and yeah, a wound on your vagina. There's only so much fucking airing out of my vagina that I can do. Even at home, don't mind me walking around bleeding from my vagina. Just, <laughs> I can imagine myself, George being like, what are you doing? I'm <laughs> bleeding out of my vagina. And me just being like, it's okay. I'm just, just airing out my perineum. Anyway, so for a while you have to wear these really, really not sexy maternity pants. And oh, Gosh, trust me, if you were worried about post-birth sex, which we'll get onto in a minute, but if you're worried about that, you do not need to worry. I'm sure your partner <laughs> will not want to go anywhere near you with them. Or even you don't feel sexy. I know I didn't definitely did not feel sexy in those maternity pants. Um, where was I? I've gone off in a tangent. Um, oh yeah, so I've got these on, but it's impossible to keep stitches dry. It's impossible to air them out, like I was saying, so that they can heal properly because the nappy gets wet from blood. And then, like I said, on top of this, I was using the spray for bits thing. So it was just getting really moist. I don't like the word moist. I'm so sorry if, like me, you don't like that word, but I've just used it. But it was just staying really wet and damp. And let me give you some advice now for future mamas. You definitely cannot carry enough of those nappies with you. When you go out and get your baby nappies, buy as many, I say nappies, <laughs> they're not nappies. <laughs> well, the baby ones obviously are, but I mean the adult ones. Um, get as many adult nappies as you would baby nappies. Those maternity pants, they will save your life. Anyway, I've got this infection, which, oh gosh, a little anecdote. If I, was it? Yes, it was at Hannah's, at Hannah's 30th birthday party. So like I said, Hannah is George's sister and she was our midwife and she was having a birthday party at her house and we went to her birthday party and Oh, I'm starting to feel so uncomfortable already a couple of days before we'd been walking around Aldi, little Aldi anyway. Um, and I was walking around. It's just, I really was starting to get itchy feet. I know that you shouldn't be walking around very much or doing very much, but you do just get itchy feet. You just want to go out, move your body a little bit. Don't get me wrong. I definitely wasn't doing any exercise, but I just, oh, I needed to get out. So walking around Aldi, doing some shopping, I don't know, walking, you know, down those middle aisles. <laughs> They're so fun to look around. So walking around them. And at one point, I just ran to George. Well, no, I definitely did not run. Waddled, I think is more accurate. I waddled to George and I said, right, I need to go. I need to go sit in the car or something. I'm literally, I'm walking around cupping myself because I feel like my insides are going to fall out. It just, it felt so heavy down there. Anyway, finally, I did go to sit in the car. But where are we? We're at Hannah's birthday party. And I go to Abby, who was the assistant midwife at my birth. She's at the birthday party as well. And I think, right, I definitely, this isn't normal. So I go to Abby and I say to Abby, can you check me? I think there's, I think there's an issue with my vagina. So she goes, yeah, I didn't want to bother Hannah because it's her birthday party and she's quite a few wines down. So we go upstairs to Hannah's bedroom and she says, just <laughs> take your knickers off, lie down. So I'm there in Hannah's bedroom. There's a huge party going on downstairs. I'm in Hannah's bedroom. I'm lying down. I've got my bottoms off and I've got, I'm spread eagled, knees to my armpits, feet in the air. And there's Abby checking me. And then I remember actually Hannah walking in, wine in hand, being like, right, what's the issue? Oh, it was so funny. Um, 
Oh, just thinking about it now. What a fucking state. Anyway, so that was that. That's how I found out I had an infection. And um, yeah, she ended up giving me some antibiotics. But the thing is, it's funny because it's one of those things for ages, I had thought to myself, oh, maybe this is just, you know, what it feels like. I think so often we have these sensations post birth, and we just assume that it's, that it's normal. Do you know what I mean? That everyone has these, even though they feel really uncomfortable. And I think it's so important to, to question and to, and to get ourselves checked because you just don't know sometimes what might be, what might be going on. I actually remember looking at my vagina in the mirror one day as well, because it genuinely felt like I said, something wasn't right. And, (laughs) and I thought, okay, before I go bother Hannah or, you know, my, um, what's it called? My post um, natal mental nurse thing. You know what I mean? I can't remember what they call just, I think mental health post nurse, post mental health nurse. I don't know. Anyway, so um, I'm checking myself in the mirror. (laughs) I've got, once again, spread eagled feet in the air and I'm looking at my vagina in the mirror and I see this bit of like loose skin. Gosh, it feels so weird, but like not flapping, but flapping, if you know what I mean. I'm so sorry if this is too much information, but I feel like we do need to talk about this because... Uh, our bodies just change so much and I really wish that someone had not necessarily warned me but I think what I feel is that I had been a bit more aware of certain things to expect or that you know I'd been made to feel a little bit more comfortable with looking at myself and checking for myself because I remember telling someone about this actually I can't remember who I'm telling but I remember saying to them my vagina doesn't look right and then they turned to me and they said your vagina is never going to look the same now post-birth and it was such a small comment but it kind of stuck with me because I hadn't really thought about it I'd expected my tummy to feel looser you know with stretch marks etc but I hadn't actually thought of my vagina looking any different also because I think how often do we look at our vaginas? I don't know about you, but it's very rarely that I look at my vagina. Firstly, because it's extremely hard to do. It's a bit like, you know, when you're in the tub and you're trying to, you know, shave your, um, what's it called? Shave your bikini line. It is so hard to do. You've got one leg up on the ledge, maybe on the wall, depending on how flexible you are. It's absolute chaos. Well, let me tell you, looking at your vagina is exactly the same because you can't directly look at it. You need to use a mirror. You need to find a portable mirror that's big enough that you can see something but also not too big that it's just so cumbersome and you can't do anything yeah I will let you imagine well I won't let you imagine what it was like me looking at my vagina but you know what I mean <laughs> I'll let you kind of yeah you you try it you try it and you tell me actually this is a good thing you tell me the best way to inspect our vaginas but I do think it's really important to do because it's a part of us that's so intimate and I will come back to this actually when we talk about sexy time um about looking out of vaginas and getting to know ourselves but where was I yeah you do have so many of these things happening to you and you don't think about them and they seem so small in the grand scheme of having a baby right but they do shock you because you didn't expect it and you're worrying about it you're wondering is this normal am I the only one that seems to have grown extra vagina flaps (laughs) oh my goodness but the thought that it may not be normal and it may just be you, which is exactly how I felt, becomes something else to worry about. Another avenue of anxiety, right? Which we definitely don't need. So please, genuinely, you know what? I'd love to hear some of your what the fuck moments about your postpartum body because we we all get them. And I think 
talking about them and sort of breaking down those barriers i think i don't know do we, are we embarrassed i think i think that's what it is we're embarrassed that our bodies are like look different sometimes or are doing different things but i'm sure we're not the only one so i would love to know some of the things that have happened to you post birth and you're like what the fuck is this is this normal um yeah and then i'll share them i should share them in a in another podcast in another episode so we can sort of yeah just get to know ourselves better and I think and the more we know what's happening I think the more comfortable we'll feel with our bodies um where was I oh yes poo postpartum poo now let's talk about that first poo oh my goodness the relief when it happens but the fear before it does and I don't know about you but I remember counting the days like right (laughs) surely I'm doing poo and although obviously I was like yeah probably a good thing you know the body's got to get rid of that shit literally but also thinking how long can I put this off for? Because the sheer terrifying thought that my whole insides were going to fall out if I relaxed my anus, let alone gave a little push to encourage things along. So, okay, I do have a couple of recommendations for this. Firstly, pelvic floor health. So much focus, I feel, in terms of pelvic floor health is put on the contraction of the pelvic floor muscles to regain strength after birth. And actually, it is just as important to learn to relax those muscles, which I know can be really scary, especially if you have symptoms of prolapse. And if you do, obviously, speaking to a specialized physio is great. But either way, training the muscles around the anus to fully relax will help get that poo out easily without having to strain too much, which I don't know about you but I definitely can't think of anything more scary than straining to push a poo out when I've just forced a human out of me if you are holding onto a little bit of birth trauma I think deep breathing through this can really help as well relaxing on the inhale and then a gentle squeeze on the exhale to well to poo (laughs) breathing um breathing I think we know this but sometimes it's just nice to get a little bit of a reminder especially when we're in the thick of it with a newborn Breathing will also help relax, you know, the whole body and mind together rather than feeling tense and anxious, which will then inevitably just get those those muscles in the pelvic floor really tense, which isn't which isn't what we want. That is my first tip. Um, I feel really silly talking about poo so seriously, but I was genuinely really scared to sit on the toilet for so, so long. And so I'm really hoping that this resonates with some of you. Otherwise, I'm just some random woman talking about poo. <laughs> my second tip is to place your feet on a stool or like a ledge or blocks or something like that anything that you have handy at home because having the feet higher up so you're like in a little squat position helps you know that relaxation of the pelvic floor muscles that we were just talking about my third tip is to wrap some toilet tissue around your hand and then if you place your hand on your perineum and apply a bit of gentle upwards pressure that can help sort of I think it's you know mentally you're kind of holding on to yourself so that the front part of the perineum like has that support and then you're able to relax the anus um a little bit better and the last thing i used water wipes for ages to wipe because even the softest tissue gave me a little bit of fear for a while water wipes are just so much more gentle and i use them for just general wheeze actually right next on my list of bodily function topics is oh sex yes okay if poo didn't give you the fear maybe this will or it already has 
I will actually admit that for me, yes, I was a little bit nervous, but weirdly, having a poo was a much bigger deal. I'm not quite sure why. So obviously it goes without saying, but in case you need a little reminder, my loves, there's absolutely no rush. So much is happening in the body which can affect our mental desire and sex drive, right? Let alone the physical fear of penetration. I actually did a mummy MOT with a specialized postnatal physio, which I know can be a bit of an investment for some people, but I really would highly recommend it. The session, let me remember, the session included a vaginal exam to um to test the pelvic floor muscles. And the woman I went to see actually was so, so great. And she recommended that actually I reconnect physically with myself and my vagina before going to see her to sort of regain awareness of that part of my body in a gentle way. I think to slowly tell my brain that it was safe being touched there if that makes sense and also it's me I know me I trust me do you know what I mean instead of the first person um touching you in such a sensitive area that's experienced trauma being your partner which I know they're not a stranger but it's still not you if that makes sense and then let alone again if you see a physio then they really are a stranger um in inverted commas so to speak because again like I said it's likely that the last experience so to speak that your vagina has experienced has been pushing a human out which is such a huge deal and traumatic for the vagina it's likely your brain also might be holding on to I guess some sort of threat in that regard so starting to associate that part of your body with gentle touch can really help eliminate a sense of fear and also that way when I went to see her I had broken that barrier and again it wasn't like a stranger you know going there for the first time if that makes sense and that really helped me reacquainting myself with myself and actually in full disclosure George and I had already been intimate I think it was at about four weeks or something like that and I think I think I went to see the physio about six weeks just to paint a full picture I won't lie at first I was quite nervous and cautious when George and I started to bring that intimacy wall down post-birth and at the beginning it was just like touching and clitoral stimulation gosh <laughs> I feel myself blushing just saying that out loud I don't know why isn't that weird as if you don't all do it and enjoy it right anyway if I remember correctly around that time I actually went through a phase of being genuinely horny I hadn't expected it at all I'm not sure if it was the hormones or what and I Actually, what I wouldn't do for some horny hormones now. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's just you don't have the time. I'm so tired. Anyway, but I remember being genuinely so pleasantly surprised. We even bought sex toys. I think we were just running with it, wishful thinking that it would last forever, which I mean, I can confirm it definitely doesn't. My sex drive is currently on an extended leave, but when it's ready to come back, I will have all the gear. No idea, but all the gear. I think, um, I think taking it slow really made such a difference. So getting myself reacquainted and comfortable with myself and then slowly with George, gentle touching, clitoral stimulation and then, you know, maybe a finger inside and then maybe two fingers and not necessarily all in one session, so to speak. <laughs> oh my gosh, it sounds, I don't know what it sounds like, it sounds weird, but you know what I mean? Just building that awareness and that sense of touch and comfort with that part of your body again that's experienced trauma. Whether whether we feel the mental trauma, it is traumatic for the vagina. And then slowly you just start to find your way back. And again, I say that loosely because I know that for some women, the desire won't come back for a while. And I think that's so important to know that it's totally okay. Our bodies are going through so much physically and mentally. Our life has literally been completely flipped upside down. There's hormones flying all over the fucking place. And then there's 
is actually finding the time, right? And then there's also the fact that mentally we may feel ready and want to have sex and be intimate with our partner, but maybe physically we feel a bit tight or we're not wet enough. And I mean, you know, if you're a woman, you know that that's important. Um, and for that, oh, coconut oil has been my savior. Well, and George's. <laughs> Georgia Savior as well. And then again, just getting comfortable with yourself first and also talking to your partner about it as well. I remember, like I said, asking George to just use one finger and then if it felt a little bit tight, I would just slowly breathe, ask him to pause there, slowly breathe, allow my body to get used to those sensations again. And then, you know, you're just able to take it a little bit further in your own time. Anyway, sorry if that was a little bit graphic, but I feel like this is something we never hear about. You know, intimacy with a couple is so important and post-birth it can feel really it's just so different after birth sex is so different I mean I do feel like we found our way back to what it was like you know before pregnancy and before having a child but the immediate post-birth sex is just it can feel really daunting um so I hope you're I hope you're resonating and finding some of these things useful right on we go what else did I want to mention oh yes period. So obviously, again, this will be so different for each person for a myriad of different reasons. Hormones, diet, mood, blah, 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 whether you're breastfeeding or not. I'm I'm not going to get too technical about this one. I want to talk about more the emotional side of this. Because for me, I had not expected the roller coaster of emotions that came with getting my first period. My first period. You know what that <laughs> you know what that's making me think of? You know, in that episode of Friends, gosh, what is it? I think it's Chandler goes to see a show. Oh yeah, Joey is having I'm so sorry if you're not a Friends fan, but you know the episode where Joey has the celebrity party thing and he doesn't want all of the guys to come to the party, so he sends them to this show, but then all the um most people find out about the party, so they go to the party and then Chandler's the only one left <laughs> going to this one woman show and it's just her talking about her periods in the first line. It starts the scene and she's just like, My first period. Sorry, that made me think of that. <laughs> anyway, um yeah, I so mine, my first period, my first period was quite textbook, six weeks post-birth, bearing in mind that I didn't breastfeed, which can delay your cycle. And I say delay as if six weeks is when it's meant to be, not at all. I think if you don't breastfeed, they say it's between six to eight weeks. But as I said, there's so many factors that come into play with that. But I remember going to the toilet and seeing red on my knickers. And I know this is going to sound super strange, but at first I thought there was something wrong. I had not even considered the fact that I might be coming on my period. It's almost as if my brain, I think, was still like in pregnancy mode or something and I was bleeding and I thought there was something wrong with my pregnancy. And when I realized that it was my period, I cried so fucking hard. I just, I don't even know how to explain why I was so upset. I think thinking back on it now, at the time, I didn't realize at all. But then, you know, I thought about it. And I think it felt like it was really the end of my postpartum journey. And I know that that's not true. Because, well, technically, we're forever postpartum, in my opinion. But it was the end of like, my immediate postpartum, if that makes sense. Almost as if it marked the end of like that postpartum bubble with a newborn, which oh, is just that bubble is absolutely everything. Although it, when you're in that bubble, it's fucking chaos. But then when you're out of the bubble, you miss the bubble. It's a bit of a catch 22. Um, and my body was starting to go back to normal ish, which I guess gave me the feeling that I should be going back to normal, whatever the fuck normal is anyway. But I 
just wasn't ready to let go of that bubble yet and to and to I guess attack the big bad world if that makes sense I just didn't want it to end and I needed to grieve that part of my postpartum journey being behind me and me slowly starting to move on not move on but yeah move on I guess from from the immediate postpartum loveliness you know gosh how many times can I say (laughs) how many times can I say postpartum (laughs) I will say in terms of practicality so to speak I didn't use tampons I mean I don't use tampons anyway actually I've been using a cup for years and I absolutely love it and would highly recommend it but I mean even the cup actually I didn't use quite yeah, at the beginning. Um, if you're not familiar with the cup, it's exactly what it sounds like. You can get it in different sizes and there's like a little stem that sticks out similar to tampon string, but obviously <laughs> nowhere near as long. And the cup creates a little bit of a suction. And I think that's what I was worried about, the suction, you know, in my body inside me. So pads was where it was at for my first few cycles. And then after that, I started back on the cup and it was fine. So if you are on the cup and thinking of going back, the only thing I'll say is obviously make sure that, you know, you press the edges together to minimize that suction when you take it out. But yeah, no harm, no foul. Um, so that is that. There was one more thing that I wanted to mention. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Nipple leaking. Okay, right. So to set the scene again, because it just completely depends on your nursing journey. So you kind of get where I'm coming from. I I did breastfeed. I said I didn't breastfeed. I, I breastfed for like two days. I don't consider myself having breastfed. But to set the scene, I did breastfeed for two max three days. And perhaps I'll go into it a little bit more in another episode, my breastfeeding journey and why I decided to change and stuff like that. But bottle at the end of the day is what worked best for me and for us. And Isla took it really well. So that was that. But obviously, the body does produce milk, whether you breastfeed or not. And especially, even if you breastfeed for just a couple days, the body starts to think that, you know, it needs to produce more milk. So for me, the journey of switching didn't last very long because my body hadn't got into, you know, the major routine of milk production. But I did have a very few leaky days. And this isn't at all my area of expertise, so I'm not going to go on forever. But a couple of things that I did learn. Firstly, a hot shower. Who knew a hot shower encourages milk production? Oh, I didn't know that. And then I'm having hot showers trying to stop breastfeeding. And then I realized that that, you know, it was encouraging milk production. And anyway, not ideal. I mean, you can still have a hot shower. Just I think it's the water on the chest, directly on the chest, which encourages um, milk production. So that is thing number one. If you're trying to curb milk, um, stay clear of hot shower, hot water, I should say, on the chest. Or you know what? Just use it as an excuse to stay in your PJs and stew in your own fill for a few days. No judgment here, sister. I am all here for it. Secondly, oh yes, period pads. Oh my goodness, what a savior. Because I was getting to the point, honestly, my breasts felt like they were absolutely fucking bursting and it was so painful. I can't even imagine what it feels like when you are breastfeeding and you've, I don't know, maybe you're away from your kid for whatever reason and you're not able to relieve that pressure from your breasts. Oh my goodness, I've never felt anything like it. So uncomfortable. They genuinely felt like they were gonna explode and there's no real way to relieve any pressure, especially, you know, if you're trying to curve 
curb that milk production. Because if you nurse, even just a tiny little bit, it'll send a message to the body to continue producing it, supply and demand, etc. It's as if it's some sort of supermarket, although <laughs> actually that's exactly what we are to our babies. <laughs> just a very specialized supermarket. So really, I'm not gonna lie, I think you just need to power through the discomfort and inevitably you will leak. And for a few days, all of my tops or crop tops, whatever I was wearing, got covered in, I don't even know what to call it, like breast discharge, honestly, is exactly what it looked like. Because it didn't look like milk, but it obviously was a bit milky, but it was like thicker and a bit more, it had more color to it. I don't really know. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry if this is too much information, but it genuinely, if breast discharge was a thing, and maybe it is and I'm just not aware of it, but if breast discharge was a thing, this is what it is. But anyway, so go find some Nicoliners. You can use them for this. I'll tell you what this is in a second. And then you'll also need them for, you know, when you transition out of the adult nappy and you just need a little bit for, for vaginal leaking. Um, anyway, get a Nicoliner and a pair of scissors and cut them in half and place one half on each boob. But like, so with the sticky bit to the bra or crop top or whatever it is that you're wearing, your shirt, whatever, um, and then the padded side to your nipple. And I promise you, game changer. Thank me later. Right, okay. I think that's enough bodily function chat for today, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I would, however, love to hear some of your immediate postpartum stories around these things, how you felt about having sex for the first time, any other pooing tips or funny stories, write in, let me know. You can give me your name or they can be anonymous. I might actually, when I release this, I'll put an anonymous box thing on Instagram. So do follow my Instagram page, the podcast page. But I would love to hear from you and share them. Hopefully we can all feel a little bit less like malfunctioning humans, you know, because seriously, it's just some of these things are happening. And I'm honestly, I'm thinking in my head, why am I constipated from my asshole, but leaking from my nipples? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's totally gonna be the um the title to the podcast. Oh, that is so funny. Okay, yeah, send me your bits. I would love to know because I think our bodies are changing so much. And I don't know about you, I felt so alone in some of these things, like my flappy vagina. <laughs> Have you had a flappy vagina? Tell me. Oh my gosh, it just doesn't make sense. So yeah, tell me all of your bodily malfunction woes. I would love to hear from you. Okay, that's enough. Ciao from me and I will see you next week. Bye guys.